You're listening to our series on Ephesians. We hope this series will inspire and encourage you. For more information, other resources and media, please visit citychurchleads.net. So this week, we're on Ephesians chapter 3, and the title is Keep Dreaming Your Dreams. Mm-hmm. Now, last week, Kath talked about Ephesians 2 and our position in Christ, about reigning in our lives because of our position and having God's perspective. This week, we're going to look at chapter 3, like I said, and the possibilities that we have in Christ. So I'm hoping that all of you have done your homework and you've, you've subsequently read at least chapter 3 of Ephesians, if not the whole of Ephesians at least a few times this week, (laughs) for at least chapter three. That would be really great, because as always, we're going to get to a question bit, uh, and we're going to want you to share your wisdom, your thoughts, what God has been saying to you, because as I've said the first week, it's not about listening to me. Some of it is about listening to me, which is a good idea. Um, But what I mean is, we're not a consumerist people. Society is consumerist, but the church isn't to be like our culture out there churches to affect culture and culture at the moment is very consumerist we want to get things we want to take things but we don't very rarely want to give out things that's what the world does but as the church as Christ's body our position our culture is to give is to share and is to learn and not just to consume what others are prepared to feed you and so as a body we need to mature together to grow up together so we're no longer drinking milk but we're eating meat together and not just somebody at the front who seems super spiritual and has got it all together just want to hold my hand up and say I haven't Um, so together we learn together so I'm hoping you'll do it but what I'm going to do once again is to read the whole of Ephesians 3 Uh, so if you can get your appropriate kind of translations out whatever you find comfortable I'm going to read from the message this week so let's begin This is why I, Paul, am in jail for Christ, having taken up the cause of you outsiders, so-called. I take it that you're familiar with the part I was given in God's plan for including everybody. I got the inside story on this from God himself, as I just wrote you in brief. As you read over what I've written to you, you'll be able to see for yourselves into the mystery of Christ. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's Spirit through his holy apostles and prophets of this new order. The mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of him all their lives, what I've been calling outsiders and insiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, same help, same promises in Christ Jesus. The message is accessible and welcoming to everybody, to everyone across the board. This is my life work, helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. If anybody knows the story of Paul, that was a real surprise. God handling all the details. When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way, 
I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And so here I am, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. Things that are way over Paul's head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all of this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through followers of Jesus like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. All this is proceeding along lines planned by, all along by God and then executed in Christ Jesus. When we trust in him, we're free to say whatever needs to be said, bold to go wherever we need to go. So don't let my present trouble on your behalf get you down. Be proud. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his Spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask, that, I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of God's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives. Full in the fullness of God. God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let me just pray right now. Father God, Holy Spirit, will you bless us this morning? Will you open our ears and our hearts to receive your word from one another and help us recognize, Father God, that in you there is inexhaustible depths which we can, we can take hold of and we can be filled with, Father God. Let us be that people this afternoon as we hear and learn from one another. Amen. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you had a dream? <laughs> All right, maybe not the kind that you have, you know, if you've had too much cheese, if there's such a thing. Not those kind of dreams. I'm talking about when's the last time you had a God dream? Ongoing. Brilliant answer. Something that has put your heart in place to do. Do you have a dream that God has given you for your life? Maybe you have a dream that has died. Let me just go back to Ephesians 3 verse 20. God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. In chapter 3, Paul says that 
though he was least than all the sorry though he was less than the least of all God's people grace was poured upon him in such a way that he was given the privilege and purpose of revealing God's eternal purposes he prays that we might also experience the deep inner strength of the spirit the vastness of God's love a filling with the fullness of God and a recognition that God can do immeasurably more than we could possibly imagine or think. That same, uh, same verse, Ephesians 3.20, in the Amplified Version of the Bible, says this, Now to him who, by in consequence of the action of his power, that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes or dreams. His grace is upon you. His spirit will strengthen you. He has a great purpose for your life. His love is immense and the possibilities are enormous. Has God dropped something into your heart that has yet to come into being? Paul right here in Ephesians chapter 3 talks about the available resources in God to make things happen. That God's ability to abundantly supply immeasurably far more than we can imagine far exceeds our capacity to receive it. Let me ask you another question. Have you settled for the status quo in life? Or do you have aspirations and dreams for the future? Paul talks about imagining these things that may seem impossible to us at the moment, but are entirely possible in God. Are you dreaming dreams in God? These dreams and desires begin with a sanctified imagination, allowing the Holy Spirit to form an idea, picture or image in our hearts a creative thought that considers the possibilities we want to see happen in our future. Think about this. Most great inventions and advancements existed first as an idea somewhere in someone's mind. God plants dream seeds within us and can bring to birth a vision in our hearts. Can you believe him for such a seed, a vision? Establishing and pursuing a dream brings focus, perspective, confidence, determination, meaning and energy to our lives. The fulfilment of a dream does not come by just sitting back daydreaming hoping something will happen, but applying yourself to the task. When Henry Ford set out to create an engine with eight cylinders in one block, his engineers told him it was an impossibility but he doggedly stuck to the task. Through trial and error, failure and disappointment, his dream kept him going. And one day, the breakthrough came. His dream became a reality, and the car industry was revolutionised. Now let's get to these questions that we're going to discuss. The first question Discuss what is meant by sanctified imagination. Number two, share together some of the dreams you have and pray together about them. Three, 
Ephesians 3.20 says exceedingly abundantly. Talk through ways in which God's evidence, sorry, God's abundance is evidenced. Question four, in what ways do we put ourselves down in relation to our dreams? Five, taking Paul's view of himself in verse eight, explore his perspective in 1 Corinthians 1 verses 26 through to 31. And finally, what is your definition of a dream? Let's move on. Oh, hello. I've no idea what I've no idea what that is, but there we are. <laughs> it's a dream. It'll change the world. One day you The mind has two powerful dynamics. It has memory and imagination. And linked together, they are very, very powerful. Memory has the ability to inspire or inhibit. Like a, a video recorder, it captures an image of the past and then files it away for instant replay. And if the memory is painful, negative, or of failure, it can hold us back. If it's happy, positive, productive, it will inspire and encourage for the future. Imagination, on the other hand, is a blank canvas. Not holding past events, but creating possibilities for the future. Those who achieve great things are able to put behind them unhelpful memories and build on those experiences of the past. Let me give an example. When facing Goliath, those around David said it was not possible to slay him. But David had lion and bear stories stored in his memory. He declared that Goliath would suffer the same fate. He linked his memory to a possibility and then put his trust in God. And then his own ability, of which God had also given him the ability, with a slingshot and stones. And the rest is history. Have a look in 1 Samuel 17 and you'll find that story. We might not have been like David, willing to trust God more than anything or anyone else. We might have messed up and tried to do things our own way and failed. And let's think about some of the well-known guys from the Bible. Moses, David, Peter, Thomas. They didn't get it right the first time. But God is the God of second chances. Or third, or fourth, or a hundred. Let's think about Jesus' disciples. Their collective dream dies at the cross. They hoped and dreamed that a new kingdom would be established. But it all appeared to come to a crashing end with the death of Jesus. Hebrews, however, tells us that Jesus saw beyond. Amen. <laughs> saw beyond the cross to the throne. 
his vision and dream had an eternal perspective that enabled him to move through the experience of the cross to the eternal presence of the Father and the company of the redeemed. Don't believe me, read Hebrews chapter 2. In Christ, there are possibilities and potential yet untapped. If anybody's ever seen my father-in-law, Pete Gray, sometimes he wears a T-shirt which says, Alive with Possibilities on it. He's declaring that he is alive with possibilities. God has infinite resources. Let me say that again. God has infinite resources. And he can use these to accomplish great things with us. It's the limitation of our own small thinking that so often prevents significant achievements from taking place in our lives. It's our own small thinking that can prevent significant achievements. Nothing to do with God limiting anything. We limit those dreams ourselves. Let me read you 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11 in the message as well. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open your lives. Live openly and expansively. In Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3, he focuses on the dimensions of God's love. And the, word, the key word here is fullness. And that's in verse 19. And the Greek word here is plerom. And when those guys of, of years past conducted a census in a city, if every dwelling place was fully occupied, it was listed as pleroma. When the crew of a ship was at full strength, it was listed as pleroma, indicating a full complement. And it was also used to describe a cargo net when it was crammed full, or the hollow places in the hold that would be full to capacity, to maximum capacity. So Paul's prayer in Ephesians is that they would be full to capacity with God's supply and abundance. Not just to be filled with God, but to be filled with the fullness of God. God has made available to each and every one of us abundant resources available in Christ to do amazing feats for him. But we'll not be able to do these feats unless we sow some dream seeds of doing exploits for him. Just for a moment, please, I'll close your eyes. Just for a moment, do some dreaming. Plant some dream seeds from God.
Let me give you some applications. Remember that regardless what you think of yourself, God has a purpose for each of our lives and has deposited dream seeds inside each and every one of us. He has deposited dream seeds inside each and every one of you. Please believe that. Don't limit God. Take time to let God speak to you about a dream and then turn it, that dream, into a desire. Nurture and water your dream seeds in faith and expect, expected, I can't say it, expectancy. Making sure the dream is free from personal agenda. Deal with any memories of failure that hold you back. And build instead on memories of past achievements, no matter how small. Build on those dreams, uh, those memories of achievements. Choose to own the dream. Make it yours. Believing not only the dream, and this goes back to the first week when I spoke, but yourself as God's choice. He gave you that dream. You are his choice to fulfill that dream, to own that dream. Do something practical. Write your dream down. Give it some clear objectives and a plan to move forward with some specific goals. Be prepared for setbacks like Henry Ford. But don't give up. Decide to pursue it persistently, diligently, and tenaciously. And here's something that's a bit of a challenge. When a dream dies, recognize that it's often part of a birth, death, but resurrection process. Remember, as you obey, so God reveals. And that's the key. Only as you step out does God reveal. Let's talk about the Red Sea. Only until he was ankle deep did God reveal the miracle. He didn't wait for it to happen and go, now I'm going to walk forward. He walked forward in faith and expectation. And God revealed the miracle. So walk forward in that dream. And don't let others discourage, quash, steal, or cause you to give up on the dream that God has put in your heart. Don't let others do that to you. Bring it back to God and talk to your daddy. Talk to him about your dream. Let him encourage and inspire you by his Holy Spirit. And finally, you're never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. <laughs> You're never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. Thank you, Father. Now, I'm done. 
We're going to go into a time of worship shortly, but what I'd like us to do is to do three things in prayer together. So this may involve you having to get up and walk around a bit. It may involve you needing to lay on the floor, I don't know, give it all to God. But let me tell you what these things are that I'd like to pray about. So the first one, let us pray for those who have no sense of a vision or dream. Let's pray for those guys. That may be you. You may need to pray for yourself. You may have knowledge of, of others who are like that. Go pray for them if they'll let you. All it takes is to open yourself up to God and the Holy Spirit will put a dream in your heart. Let's also pray for those whose dreams have stalled or died. As I said before, God often births a vision then he can allow it to die so that we take our hands off it and then resurrects it in his power and his strength. You know that thing where I talked about putting our, taking away our personal agenda from a dream? Because it's his dream. And finally, let's also pray for those who are in the process of seeing their dreams come into being. And for you guys, keep going for that dream. Keep practically outworking it. And that's so important, that word practically outworking it. Because sometimes as Christians, and particularly those of us that are a bit, we're a bit shabba-dabba-dooey, and we like to go, oh, let's just give it to God. Let's just pray. Let's just soak in his presence. Do you know what? That's all good. But at some point, you're going to have to go out and do the do and work the thing out and start putting bricks on the ground or whatever it is. And he wants us to do that and he'll join us in doing that. So let's pray for those people. Proverbs 13, 12 says, when dreams come true at last, there is life and there is joy.